Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast Season 3, episode number 75 on this Monday, October 4th, 2021. Frank and Nick, how are you guys doing on this Victory Monday? Stella. Fantastic. Victory Monday, man. That's all you got to say. And Graf, you said both your teams would disappoint. Matter of fact, <laughs> yeah, the and they both won. I know. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Oh, man. But um, on today's podcast, we'll talk about if the Cardinals are the best team in the entire National Football League. We'll get into the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, should they start Dwayne Haskins with how Big Ben's looking? He's looking like a tree out there. We'll talk some New York football. We'll talk Trey Lance's NFL debut. And then moving on to the NBA portion of the episode, we'll talk about the Knicks and if they're better than the Atlanta Hawks. We'll also talk about the Warriors' expectations for this season. And lastly, we'll top it off with some Mailbag Monday returning. And a quick little thing before we start, we are changing the episodes back to Monday and Thursday. Now we're doing this because we can upload at 10 p.m. Like we can upload the podcast like 10, 9, 9, 10 p.m. on Mondays and Thursdays. That way we get a quicker reaction to the NFL season on Sunday games, um, which is better, I guess, right? So overall, a slight little change back um, to Monday, not Monday nights and Thursday nights. Um, but yeah, we'll begin Today's episode with the Arizona Cardinals, um, they picked up a big win in LA, 37 to 20. I mean, they really handed it to the Rams. You would have thought, you know, this could be a close game, even if Arizona did pull it out. But I mean, Kyler, 24, 32, 268, two touchdowns. AJ Green's on pace for a thousand yards this season for the Cardinals. And the defense has been top 15 so far. So when you look at the roster, there's no true weakness on the team. Um, you know, passing was a little bad last year for them. But the passing game is, you know, on top this year. They're top five, I believe. And then the running attack with Kyler, you know, James Conner, Chase Edmonds, who got over 100 yards yesterday. So, you know, they've always been a good running team. The question is, can the passing game, you know, turn up? And, and they have this season. So the Cardinals are 4-0 now. Um, I don't know who they play next week, but they're one of two, um, or, you know, depending on the game, Monday night versus the Raiders. Or they play Raiders. San Fran next week, too, It by could the way. be the only undefeated team. And they play San Fran next week, who, you know, might not have, you know, Jimmy G, Trey Lance might have to play. So, you know, mm -hmm. the Cardinals looking scary. And are they the best team? Are the Cardinals the best team in the NFL, guys? I don't think best team in the NFL, but I think they're definitely a contender and they have a shot to go all the way. I mean, the offense now is fantastic with Kyler Murray, obviously. I'd say he's the front runner for the MVP. And it was kind of weird because we kind of talked about this last week. McVay always had, you know, Kingsbury's number. I think he was 9-0, I believe, against the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, they yeah, handled business. And I thought that the Rams would kind of ride off that momentum last week beating the Bucs. But the Cardinals were ready to play. And this is a really impressive win early on. And I think this, you know, has, you know, shows something going forward. But I know you said they play the Niners next week. We're probably going to boot out Jimmy G. But then I believe they play the Browns and Packers the two weeks after. So this schedule is not going to get any easier. But, you know, Considering that they beat probably one of the most complete teams in football, the Rams, I think they're definitely up there, but they're not yet the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I completely agree. They're not the best, but this is this is something I touched on in the uh, preseason when we did the team previews. I said the, the Cardinals had a super deep, you know, offense, so many weapons. We saw James Conner was getting involved yesterday, too, and they said so many receivers. Like DeAndre Hopkins doesn't need to have a big game for this offense to succeed. They had 37 points yesterday. And then same thing defensively. I know they didn't get any sacks yesterday, but they, they were getting after Stafford and making him uncomfortable. They have so many guys that they're throwing at these quarterbacks. And, and you know, this is a team that's built really well. Um, I'm not too surprised by their success. I'm surprised they beat the Rams as badly as they did. But I can't say I'm surprised that the Cardinals are playing well. They're just, you know, they're just a really overall solid team. Um, but their schedule is tough the next few weeks. It'll be interesting to see how they can respond. And, you know, if they're not content yet, if they're still hungry and they want to keep winning and keep proving themselves. Wait, so where would you rank Kyler among quarterbacks now? Because I'm thinking top seven ahead of Dak and Brady now. Like, I had him below Dak and Brady. I think he's better than Dak and Brady now. It's, Dak's been good this year, though. He's, but he's Dak, but Kyler's been better, I think, right? If you throw everything else out the window and only look at this season, he's been a top five quarterback through four weeks. I'd say top three. If Is he better than Lamar Jackson? I think he's better than Lamar Jackson. Like it's you just because what, what Lamar has been doing this season has really earned a lot of respect for me. He's been killing it and he's been carrying in the pass game too. But Kyler's mm -hmm. been a Kyler's been, you know, a way better passer and he's almost as good as a runner. As know, Lamar, is. Lamar had like 300 yards yesterday. He had a really good game pass. I know, but it's not as efficient. And we all know, you know, Kyler has a bit a stronger arm than Lamar, at least 
Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'd also take into account that Kyler's in a better situation. Yeah, Lamar's dragging that team right now. So, you know, they're, they Is both the, Car- the Cardinals' offensive line really hasn't been that good. Well, they added they're, they're Ronnie not a good this offensive offseason. Line. I know, I but think he that's would, you know, how much did he do last year with, you know, the Raiders, I believe, right? So, But he's always been a great center. And having a, a, a good center is probably one of the most important things in football. So why did Las Vegas let him go for nothing then? They, they, you know, it was a poor personnel clearly, decision. I think everybody kind of criticized them for that. It was, but Ronnie Hudson's nowhere near the all-pro level he used to be at. No, but better than what they had, though. He's an upgrade. And, ha- and a veteran center is one of the most important things in football because, like Stafford said last True. week with his center, Allen, you know, you call out stuff. Like Jason Kelsey makes Jalen Hurts' job so much easier. Call out Mike linebackers, call out coverages, call out stuff that you see. Having a good center that's a veteran and can help a quarterback process that information quickly at the line of scrimmage is really important. And, you know, the offensive line doesn't have to be great because Kyler's mobility, obviously. It's kind of like Russ in Seattle. The offensive line isn't great. It's not bad, but it's not great. But the quarterback's mobility helps that. But like you said, Lamar is dragging dead weight over there in Baltimore. Ronnie Stanley's been hurt. The receivers have been dropping passes. All the running backs are hurt. And Lamar is still playing, you know, Incredible football. I mean, Lamar Jackson went 22 of 37 passing yesterday. He wasn't that efficient in his passing. He sure he got 300 yards, but, you know, 37 attempts. I mean, that's not but too impressive. He's kept them in every game so far this season. They beat the one team they couldn't beat, like with Lamar so far, the Kansas City Chiefs. And they lost that one game to the Raiders on Monday Night Football that they were in the entire time because of Lamar. So I can't like Lamar, honestly, could be an MVP candidate as well. That's you don't think Kyler's ahead of Lamar in the MVP, are. though? I think, I think, I think they're Kyler's both. way ahead. No, Kyler's I, I way ahead. Kyler's but... ahead, but I just don't think it's fair to really compare them. It's tough to compare. Just what they're both doing this season is incredible, though, and I don't think that, that either one of them should take away from the other one. But I think people are so, like, people are so scared to change their opinions. Like, it just feels like everyone wants to follow everyone else's opinion. And with Kyler Murray, what does he not do better than Lamar? Like, what does Lamar do better than Kyler, like, at – way like way better than Lamar or way better than Kyler excuse me I think his like rushing ability like pure as a pure rusher he's better you really think so Lamar is definitely better as a pure rusher I mean Murray's got the stronger arm we can go back and forth all day um but he's a good improviser Murray too he makes plays you know with his legs definitely but does Lamar not too yeah but Murray's able to escape the pocket and throw 40 yard dimes I mean and you know some of the throws he's been making versus the Titans that one throw where he did like the hard and step back I don't think any QB in the league can touch out right now. Right now, I mean, I mean, fair, but I think Lamar Jackson would kill to have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins on his offense. Oh, um, there's no doubt, but DeAndre you know, Hopkins was hobbled. But he was not even – he was hurt. Yeah, yesterday. but still, he still had like 60, 70 yards this day, and he's still – He had 67 yards. And, you know, we saw the same thing with Josh Allen. They gave him Stephon Diggs, and he turned into an MVP candidate. Um, I think – you know, a lot of these quarterbacks are in better situations than Lamar Jackson, so only because they have a game breaker at receiver that Lamar Jackson does not have. Well, I mean, how much excuse? It feels like every year we give Lamar an excuse. And look, what, they what have a worse Lamar's playing well than yeah, Arizona. He's playing well. No, but we we like give Lamar the excuse that it doesn't have weapons. It's like, well, oh, he never has a receiver. Sammy Watkins, I mean, he's been playing all right. Like, he hasn't been that bad. And Marquise Brown's having a good season. If okay, it weren't for those drop passes. Touchdowns. He dropped three touchdowns against the Lions. He had a nice catch yesterday. A beautiful well, yeah. catch but, for, like, 60 yards. But you can't deny – like, Lamar, they're three and one right now. And they like they they dropped that one game to the Raiders. They beat the Chiefs, and Lamar's playing fantastically. He improved as I mean, a passer, which – they, which they wanted him to do this offseason. Lamar's playing. Mm-hmm. His, his stats right might now. have improved, but has he really improved that drastically as a passer? I don't think so. I think so. I don't. I think you so. really think he's an elite passer now. I don't. He's, he's four from three hundred yards against an elite Broncos secondary. I don't know if he's an elite passer, but he's definitely above average. He's improved, and the, the bottom line is he's helping this team win football games. A lot of other, I would say, any average quarterback and even some above average quarterbacks is an own four team. I mean, look, they played in a lot of close games, and Lamar Jackson's been the reason they've come out on top. I agree, and we can't forget about Mark Andrews too. I mean, that's also well, yeah, Mark Andrews is good, but he's still not even in the same universe as DeAndre Hopkins. No, dude, you you got me there, no no doubt. But <laughs> I mean, Marquise Brown. Mark Andrews, Sammy Watkins, that isn't that bad. It, it really isn't that bad. It's it's below average, but it's not like – Yeah, it's below it, average. Okay. But yeah. the offensive line this year has been awful. Like, did you not like – In, in for game? Arizona, it hasn't well, been that – they've gotten good. better, though. They've gotten well, better. Well, they've gotten better. Yeah, definitely. But, like, it, it's not been – Ronnie Stanley being hurt is was huge, not having him for a few weeks. You see, you know? this is why it's just so hard to have some of these conversations so early in the year. It's still a small sample size, only four games. I think it's a lot easier, um, eight games to see. 
you know, like what, you know, like what's really going on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, could we talk about Big Ben? Because I think through four games, we could kind of tell that he's done at this point and he's washed. I mean, should the Steelers move on from Big Ben? They have Dwayne Haskins sitting on the bench, got a little time in preseason, but Big Ben, he's a tree in the pocket. And, you know, sometimes offenses try and figure it out. When you have an immobile quarterback, you try and make him easy throws, you know, make him get easy throws, the quick dink and dunk offense. But with this bad offensive line and a quarterback that can't move, you can't do stuff like that. You can't do RPOs. You can't do stuff like that. And, you know, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, has tried, but it's ultimately failing. I mean, he was 26 of 40 yesterday, 232 yards, one touchdown, by the way, which was on a broken play when the Packers jumped off sides yeah. to Deontay Johnson and one interception. His yards per attempt is terrible. It seems like all of his passes are check downs. It's just a disaster. Should the Steelers, you know, try and roll with Haskins maybe this year or maybe sign Cam Newton? But at the end of the day, it looks like Mike Tomlin made the wrong decision bringing back Ben Roethlisberger this season. And it seems like since 2019, when he had the elbow injury, he's never been the same. Yeah, even last year, he wasn't great. Um, and this, is, this offense has been terrible. They're averaging 16 points per game, so something's got to change. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is the answer, though. I mean, like, this is a guy like the, Steel the Steelers don't really owe him anything. It's not like they drafted him in the first round and like they feel an obligation to start him. They picked him up off the streets, you know. So with that being said, what we've seen from Haskins he has been terrible. And, you know, maybe he's gotten better. Maybe he's shown some flashes in camp. But like, I don't see how that helps them at all right now. This is a team that is, in theory, built to win now. You know, they got a lot of big contracts. They just paid TJ Watt a lot of money. Um, and I just, I don't know. And another thing about Haskins, he's not super mobile himself either. So he's not going to change all the issues that this team is having right now. They're, they're in some serious trouble right now, the Steelers. Yeah, Haskins is not the answer. But, you know, they have to do something, I think, if they want to make the playoffs this year. Because Big Ben, he, he's, he's like a tree out there. He's, he's pretty much a tree. He's 28th in QBR, has four interceptions on the season. And, like, if they want to at least compete for a spot, Cam Newton has to be the option here. I get that he's not, you know, the same guy. He's not a top 16, 20, 24 quarterback even. But what Cam brings at least is some mobility, you know, at least some mobility. And the thing is, Cam got screwed over more than anyone else last year with the COVID. He was playing pretty good until he got COVID the first three weeks of the season. And especially versus, you know, Seattle, that one game versus Las Vegas, he, you know, two good games back to back. So look, it's worth a shot. Just bring in Cam Newton. It's worth a shot, dude. Big okay, Ben, this guy is terrible. I know, He's I know terrible. Big Ben is washed, but you're 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 entering week five now. You're <laughs> one and three. Your one win came against the Bills, which is a fluky week one game. I mean, but Frank, this defense is still playing at an elite level. It's just that they're getting screwed over by the offense. Their one but touchdown, yeah, but, or that got called back, right? The Minka Fitzpatrick one. There is no way that Michael uh, Mike Tomlin is going to move on from Big Ben Roethlisberger in the middle of the season. They're going to let it play out, whether it's a shit show or not, which it is right now. They're going to let this play out. This and is like an Eli situation with the Giants. They're not going to let him. They're not going to let him play it out. No way. All seventeen games. Yeah, but at least the Giants. The Giants had the guy who they drafted sixth overall on the bench. You know, the even the Geno Smith that. season. What about? I mean, I guess they okay, well, they backpedaled out. Yeah, that they was backpedaled out. Yeah. yeah, it might be the same situation because Geno Smith, Dwayne Haskins, kind of comparable in that sense where they were, you know franchise uh, supposed to be franchise guys and didn't pan out went to a new team and i mean there's a shot there's a dude i'm not saying to give dwayne haskins a shot but give cam newton a shot or give somebody dude mason Rudolph. it's so I don't, hard to change quarterbacks like that mid-season especially a quarterback who's not even on your team right now gotta learn the playbook yeah like how often do we see a, a team bring oh, we in a don't quarterback see it mid season? yeah it's just it's just not likely i don't think and I don't think Haskins is coming in either. I, I think Ben Roethlisberger, as long as he's healthy, is the quarterback. I know the right offense here. is so frustrating to watch but, with Big Ben, though. But you know, you know what? The Steelers deserve some of the blame for this too. You're the one that wanted to bring back Ben Roethlisberger. You drafted yep. a running back in the first well, round. Yeah, who's been, I was. Who's I been was incredible, by the way. And then mm -hmm. they drafted Pat Fryer moved to the second round, another tight end. Even though you paid Eric Ebron money, your offensive line was miserable last year. You lost a bunch of guys. You let Matt Filer walk I, in I free agency, and then you I didn't improve your line. What do yeah, you I don't think you can say Najee Harris has been incredible. The Steelers are like dead last in rushing yards, or they're almost close to it. He's he's been incredible because but they've been forcing him the ball. He's been hit behind contact. contact like every play. Well, I know I'm not it, saying it's his yeah. fault, and I he's get even that. in a worse situation but, than Saquon. Listen, is. we're Giants fans, so we see this argument all the time. This is why you just don't draft a running back when you don't Agreed. have an offensive line. 
you know, I'm not saying Najee Harris isn't good, but rushing the ball this season, he hasn't been very good. And the fact of the matter is their offensive line is awful. Um, it's hurting Big Ben's production. The whole offense is terrible. We're averaging 16 a game. That, that's got to be second second worst in the NFL behind the Jets. And they've gotten defensive honestly, touchdowns, right? Like they've really scored the Jets defensive the touchdowns. After the Jets yeah. play the Falcons this week, they'll be ahead of them. Yeah, honestly, if the Jets play, they did last. Like the week, Jets are not. The Jets are not that good. I can't wait until we talk about the Jets. <laughs> oh my god! The Jets are not a good football team. Frank, just a week ago, you're ready to, you know, call Zach Wilson a, the biggest bust in NFL history. You're willing to say the Jets are the worst team. Zero and seventeen. They beat one team without AJ Brown or Julio Jones, and now it's like, oh, we're back to the playoffs, or we're better than Pittsburgh at least. It's like, what? dude. All right. Well, how about how about I think they're not. I think you're Pittsburgh. you're you're overreacting for me. You just like spin everything <laughs> no, that I, I said. Okay, like, look, no, it was a little overreaction, but a little you were overreaction. Ready, but Frank, you were the videos you were making. You were you were pissed at the organization. Are you serious? Did you not remember I, what you were I saying? Not, I'm still not pissed about the organization. They're Even not the reason why they won that. You were saying wrong color, Zach. Oh, you were making fun of Zach Wilson. Now he wins one game and he's Jesus all of a sudden. I didn't say Jesus. I said we're playing the Falcons defense this week. We can't even stop but a nosebleed. The Falcons, they've been putting points up though. I okay, think. and our defense is top ten in the NFL right now. Yeah, it is top ten. Okay, okay. but okay. it's an evenly point matched is? game. It's an evenly matched game. That's what I'm saying. It's not going to be a blowout in the Jets' favor. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying they can get their points per game above Pittsburgh's after playing the Falcons' defense. Who can't stop us? He's saying he thinks the Jets will score 17 points or more this week, and I think that's a fair assessment. Oh, are you saying they're? Oh, so you were not saying they're better than Pittsburgh? No, no I said they're going to pass Pittsburgh's offense. Okay, so that's all right, that's obvious. Though. I was like, yeah. Well, you okay. said well, we said Pittsburgh's 16 points per game. The only team less is the Jets, and I said the Jets oh, are so probably going to go ahead. Oh, so the Jets are less of, right now. Okay, but they're going to Yeah, gonna, but yeah, the Jets okay. are probably going to go ahead. I thought you said for a second that the Jets uh, are better than the Steelers. Like, they're going to pass them in wins because they're, like, one in three both, right? They're both one in yeah. – they, they probably have a they better might. chance than Pittsburgh of winning this week. I think Pittsburgh takes on Denver and the oh, Jets – Really play. quickly, I would like to throw oh. out there that Dolphins and Bears also have less points per game. But um, let's move on now. Let's go. Let's transition into our New York football talk segment. This is going to be the most exciting segment on the show. The Giants and Jets both won in overtime yesterday. Um, Danny Dimes, man, I think he had the best game of his career yesterday. Saquon Barkley made some plays. Andrew Thomas looked good. Um, and then, you know, obviously they came back. They were down 11. And then moving on to the Jets, they they look pretty good. I would say Zach Wilson also had the best game of his young career. Um, Randy Bullock shanked the kick at the end. And the Jets, the Jets and the Giants are in the winner's column now. It feels good. So uh, I guess we'll... We'll, for, we'll first hear from Ben, the Giants fan, and then we'll hear from Frank, the Jets fan. Yeah. You know, I was listening to the radio this morning, and it's funny how last week when the Jets and Giants both lost, they were memeing them, mocking them, right? It's like, oh, the Jets, they're the worst team of all time. They're 0-17. Just, they're going to be terrible. Giants, same thing. It's like, you know, are we ready to fire Joe Judge? Are we ready to give up on Daniel Jones? Is Saquon Barkley a bust? And it's so funny how much we overreact to one game. All right, this game, sure, it's one week of excitement, but the Jets and Giants are still terrible. And this one week of winning is not going to cure anything. The Giants still should fire Joe Judge at the end of the season. They should still get rid of, you know, John Merrow, who's a, I mean, they can't get rid of the owner, but they should try to push him out any way they possibly can. And the Jets, we're not so sure if Zach Wilson's this great guy yet. So he had one game. Daniel Jones had one good game versus the Bucks his rookie season too. I mean, anybody can have a good game. Dwayne Haskins had a good game versus the Panthers when he, you know, celebrated early and walked off the field, you know, like with 10 seconds left in the game. One game, like, come on. It's one game. Let's pump the brakes here. Let's wait until week eight to see how our teams are really doing. Well, yeah, but he had the best performance of any rookie quarterback so far. Is that saying much though that all the rookie quarterbacks have terrible QBR and Mac Jones had a better performance. I think Mac played really well in the second half. He was moving the ball. You're not watching the game. He's moving the ball. Okay, check down, Mac. Good. Congrats. You throw the ball six yards. He to does check Myers that. He does throw a lot Don't of check sit, down. Bro, you He's still you can't sit here and tell me that Mac Jones played a better game. All he does is throw the ball five yards. He was to the moving the ball though. They were moving the ball. Yeah, they were moving it, the ball. It, but it, all does, yeah, in all fairness though, that Bucks that Bucks pass defense is not looking good right now. I mean, they, they were, were missing their first three corners. Open. Jamal. Oh, and the Titans defense is so good. The Titans defense is one of the worst. I'm not in saying the, the Titans defense is good either, okay. but I could check. Yeah, okay, fair. Bro, yeah. All the guy does is check the ball down. Yeah, neither defense is good. But at the end of the day, like uh, Zach Wilson, on the top of my head, had a few passes past yeah, the, the one first really down good guy. Yeah. And I, I think know, he Mac had Jones, four really good throws. Mac Jones has played rather conservatively so far. Um, and, you know, I guess that's just the way the team is built. They're not really built to push the ball down the field. The Jets, like, at least have a guy like Corey Davis. I don't think the 
the Patriots have anybody like that. Yeah, they don't. They really don't have so any they have the two, threats. They, have the, they, they spent $170 million and they didn't get a deep threat receiver. I think that's their problem, right? I mean, yeah, Aguilar was supposed to be, but that really didn't turn out too well. But, you know, same with the Giants. Can we talk about Daniel Jones? Because I think he's, like, here to stay at this point. He's I mean, played he, well all season, though. That's the thing. Yeah, he's here. He might be here to stay. He, he's he had the be. one fumble that they had against Denver, which was like his only actual turnover this season. Yeah. He, he's mm-hmm. he has 1,100 yards to four games. I mean, the guy's playing unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And he's had he has receivers in out of the lineup too. The offensive line. What if they played ten different offensive linemen so far, and he's just produced? Um, you know, I think a lot of the offensive woes are still on the play calling. Even yesterday, we saw the one goal line. Um, set of plays were just awful, but that's on Jason Garrett. Daniel Jones isn't calling the plays yet, but yeah, there's no doubt he's gotten better. Um, yeah, you said it, 1,100 yards. He really only has one turnover because he threw an interception, but that was on a Hail Mary. Um, and I think that's something positive. If you're, if you're the Giants and you have two relatively high draft picks next year and you don't have to spend either one on a quarterback, then you're in a really that's good spot. Huge. Can mm-hmm. we talk about how Daniel Jones has the second best PFF uh, grading so far as a quarterback? 88 behind second Brady. in the NFL right? behind Brady. I mean, look, yeah. and it might I be too early, that, right? This, this is one of the ones where it could be too early. It's week four only, I, but I don't, but think it's looking promising. Well. It's looking promising. He has played well in all four weeks. And like, it is, you know, it is time for him to start getting better. And he has, so yeah, and he's had like one real interception in like the last 10 games he's played only mm-hmm. one. Cause yesterday's one didn't count. I mean, it was a hail mm-hmm. Mary at the end of the half. It, he just chucked it up because he had to, but, He's yeah, had one real pick ball. in 10 games. Like, he's not Danny turnovers anymore. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, he's not. And he's been holding on to the ball better in the pocket. He hasn't his, – his fumble was on a rushing play, but, like, he hasn't really been getting the strip sack. He hasn't been getting blindsided. And I think a lot of that is also because of the improvement of Andrew Thomas as well. He was, um, I think, PFF's second-highest rated tackle of the week. And I saw a stat before through four weeks. He's only allowed one QB hit and, like, three pressures, whereas last year he allowed, like – 18 pressures by this point, something crazy like oh, that. Oh, and so they finally used Kadarius Tony. Yes, they did. And, you know, Tony looks good, but this is this is an issue that we touched on in the preseason. Like, how do you get him in the offense when you have Shepard and Slate in there as well? You know, I think they should look to move one of those guys. Maybe Shepard because his contract is so big, you know. Yeah, so Shepard's going to be gone after this season anyway. Yeah. He's been great out of the slot, though. He's been Daniel Yeah, Jones but he's injury prone. Come on. We know, Frank. Yeah. And he's going to have to get paid a big contract. He's going to be gone. He's making like $12 but million a year. He's already on it. He's already, ex- yeah, he was already extending. And when they get the ball in Tony's hands, you know, I think a lot of Giants fans sit there and they, they get flashbacks to 2014, the rookie wide receiver they had then. You know, he's just, <laughs> he's very explosive with the ball in his hands. His draft measurables were almost identical. And they finally started using him and he had a good game. I, yeah. I would say he's part of the reason they won. I mean, he had oh, the he huge third down he, conversion. He used to, yeah. He had a huge catch on the game tying drive. I, you know, so, but we'll see. I think yeah, more needs to be one. said about Daniel Jones. So he like the Saints defense is elite, and he was like pro, he was a prolific passer yesterday. He threw for four hundred yards, two fifty yard touchdowns. That John Ross touchdown was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I know it, it's very promising to say the least. He's no longer the meme of the NFL. He's no longer the worst quarterback. So where so. would you rank him though right now? Because it's so tough to rank oh, guys like him. That's, like, that's impossible. It's tough, that's, right? Yeah. He's not I'd the worst quarterback though. I'd say he's around like Joe Burrow, like around 15 to 18. Is that fair? Is that a fair estimate? Maybe like 18 to 20. Is that? I feel like that's kind of high 15, right? Because there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the league, like Kirk Cousins playing really well, Derek Carr. Like, he's playing better Ryan than Baker Mayfield so- this year. Um, yeah, yeah, probably, right? Yesterday. Probably, right? Because he had a terrible game yesterday. He missed OBJ I'm not going to put Daniel times. Jones over him yet, but Mayfield no. had a really rough game yesterday. But, 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 but this I'm season, saying, Daniel Jones better than better than Baker Mayfield this season. I, like yeah, I said, he, he could be – so you, you'd have the top 10. I think Stafford, we'd, we'd have – and then we'd have, like, Carr, Cousins, and, like, Mayfield. And then, like, you'd have, like, the Burroughs, Daniel Jones. Like, based off – like, that's what I – I think that's a the fair Hertz, is, he, is Hertz up there or no? Not, no. Not that high. Yeah, Hurts not is that better high. Than Jones, not yet, but, but he's, but he's, he's been playing really solid. Mm-hmm. Like he hasn't been bottom five this year. Mm-hmm. Like, but at the end of the day, Daniel Jones isn't losing the Giants games anymore. What's losing the Giants games is their coaching, their play calling, their like inability to get off the field on defense. But it's not Daniel Jones turning the ball over, and that was the case for a lot of his rookie years. So that's definitely promising. It's been a discipline because like the mm-hmm. Dexter Lawrence offsides literally lost us a game. Like if he doesn't jump offsides, we're two and two, and then the Falcons game. I mean, there was so many missed opportunities in that oh, game. So, awful. yeah. 
All right, let's move on to Trey Lance's NFL debut. You know, he got his first action when Jimmy G went down in the, in the second quarter, I believe, with an injury. Um, and, you know, he did not return to the game. And he's expected to miss, you know, he's, he's week to week, Jimmy G. So he could be missing some more time, which, you know, gives Trey Lance the opportunity to start for at least a couple more weeks and, you know, really show what he got or what he has. Um, you know, I thought yesterday his stats looked better than he actually played. Like, he didn't have, have a good game at all. <clears throat> he, had not, he was 9-18, 157 yards and two touchdowns. But one of the touchdowns, which was a 76-yard touchdown, was on That's a broken play yeah. where Jamal Adams, I mean, just forgot how to, you know, cover. And it was broken really just the whole players. Seahawks defense. The whole Seahawks defense. I've never seen that, a receiver that open in my life. It was a cover zero. I mean, there was no, nobody was, like 35 yards. He, like, he passed. It was, they were in man, and he passed. And I Jamal passed Adams passed. to the other yeah. guy. And the other guy was, well, like, was following his route like uh, his other receivers. So that's why. Yeah. I mean, that was a 76 yard touchdown, right? So I think Lance is, hasn't really grown much, though, from what we saw in the, we saw the preseason. Yeah. He's, he still has some of the same flaws that he had in college, some accuracy decisions, some bad decisions at, at times. But the really good, like amazing plays that he makes kind of make up for that. And I mean, this is his opportunity now with Jimmy G probably going to be out for a week or two. You know, if he can come in here and play well and they can win a football game or two and he could show something, you know, he could this could be his job to keep. So, you know, they're in Arizona next week, though. They're in Arizona next week. That's all right. Well, you're going to have to keep up scoring with the Cardinals. So Mm -hmm. let's see if he could do it. I mean, it's a great test. And then at home versus the Colts. So after that, could you imagine if he came in next week and threw like three touchdowns and they won? I mean, he would light the world on fire with that performance, especially with all the other rookie quarterbacks sucking. That would just be tremendous. I just don't know, though. Did Trey Lance have a better performance than Mac Jones or Zach Wilson yesterday? Probably not. No, no, because his numbers look good because of the 76-yard touchdown. But, like, come yeah. on. Like, that's that wasn't a good play by Trey. Like, yeah, he made the play, and, like, that's good. But, like, come on. Like, I've and was never Justin seen Fields better than him? I, I thought Fields no. had a, a below-average day, but, like, Lance had a an mm-hmm. average day then, I guess. So, it was uh, Lance played better, I guess. The two best Lawrence, today were definitely Wilson and Mac Jones. Um, but all the rookies played at least solid. Like, there was no rookie yeah, that played and bad even, this week. Even Lawrence on Thursday night was pretty solid. So, yeah. definitely some improvement. But that's what you expect. You know, they're rookies. They're getting thrown into the fire. You know, it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Let's move on now, though, to the Dallas Cowboys. And could they legitimately be Super Bowl contenders? I mean, they have three straight wins. Beat the Panthers 36 to 28. If it wasn't some garbage time touchdowns, it was really a blowout win. They have the 17th ranked defense last year. They were 28th. Obviously, they added Micah Parsons, who's been incredible so far, and Dan Quinn is the defensive coordinator. Offense, obviously, we knew was elite. They're ranked fourth right now in the National Football League. They have great balance between Dak and you know all the receivers and then Zeke and Tony Pollard. So is this the best team that Dallas has had in like this Dak and Zeke era? And do we think they're contenders in the NFC? Because to be honest with you, I think they're right up there with you know, a team like Arizona and could compete with, you know, the top dogs, I'd say, which are the Rams and Bucks. Yeah, that question you asked is tough. Is this the best Dak Zeke team? Because remember their rookie year, they were 13 and three, and they really only lost two games to the Giants and they sat their starters. That was a near perfect team. They almost had like a perfect season, you know, and they were one Aaron Rodgers incredible performance away from being in the NFC championship game. So, I mean, that team was really, really good. But yeah, this team has a lot of similarities, especially just offensively. They're so balanced. They have so many guys. You know, you have two really good running backs because Pollard has produced. You have so many receivers, even though Gallup's been out, they really haven't missed a beat. Um, and C.D. Lamb really hasn't produced. But once again, it hasn't stopped the offense. Cooper had a big touchdown. They're getting Schultz involved, maybe a little too much. But yeah, and like Dak Prescott hasn't missed a, hasn't missed a step from last year. Um, and the defense, obviously, I think the main story here, you, you touched on Parsons, but it's Trayvon Diggs. He's playing just lights out. You know, the interceptions are one thing, but he's also covering well. Like he's getting a lot of pass deflections. He's just all over the field. And that that's big for them because they had just a really bad secondary last year. Yeah. I mean, Parsons digs have been huge defensively and like that can't be understated that they dumped the 17th in the NFL. And they're also number one in takeaways this year and takeaway differential, excuse me. So and that's, a that's massive. That's massive too. So Dallas, are they the best team in the Zeke era? No, they're not because that 2016 team was literally stacked and their offensive line had five dogs, five like all pro pro bowl caliber players. They only have like two now in Zach Martin and, and you know, um, Tyron Smith, but you know, they're pretty do it. Like Zeke had a massive game, 143 yards on the ground yesterday. Tony Pollard, that combo was fun to watch. Dak is playing the best football he's ever played. So 
yeah, I mean, they're close to that 2016 team, and I expect them to win like 12 games, probably, right? In the NFC East, 12 I mean, they're five. walking away with the division. Yeah, because they're going to, you know, smoke the Giants next week. Um, Who knows? You know, maybe we'll if we see. get the win, though, if we get the win, my energy would change. My energy would change. But, I mean, as of now, Dallas seems to be in control. And, you know, as for, like, if they can win a playoff game, guys, do you see it? Because yes. I don't know if I see it still. There's a lot yeah, of, like, the Rams or the Cardinals in the first round, though. Like but the they can't match up, maybe. But they're going to be a division winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're, so they're, they're the four seed, and then Arizona or LA is the five seed. Then, yeah, but that, why can't they tough. be the three seed though? Okay, they so if they're the three, three seed, seed maybe, maybe they, they play they, Seattle. They, then I don't know. We don't know how it's going to shape up yet. There's still 13 games left. There's so much yes. football left. But if they play a team like just right now, if they were to play like the Niners or you know, maybe the Vikings improve a little bit. I'm just thinking. I'm just like thinking think. like one of these mid-tier teams. They could easily beat them. But but they fought with the you know the Bucks all the way to the end. Like, mm-hmm. but they they're not beat beating the Bucks too. in the playoffs, though. Well, you never know. I don't think. I, 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 I agree with you. It, I don't it think is football would. any given Sunday, right? I don't true, think they true. would either. But you know, besides the Rams, Cardinals, and Bucks, I'd say not even besides. I say you'd have to put them up there right now with the Rams, Cardinals, and Bucks, and and maybe the Packers as well as the best you know teams in the NFC. But like mm-hmm. you said, it, it is so stacked. You know, the conference is so stacked. So like you said, you could get a really tough matchup in the wildcard round. But they haven't shown me any reason so far why they can't beat any of those teams. Because their offense could score with anybody. And if their defense is just middle of the road, you know, they'll have a shot in every game. And as you said, they have the best turnover differential. That's the best way to win a football game. Is exactly. Get more possessions than the other teams. But that's not know? sustainable, though. That's not sustainable at all. No, obviously that's it's not a sustainable. Tough thing. That's a tough thing to it's carry over. It's not sustainable for Trayvon Diggs to be getting interception every exactly. game and like all that's happening. But, but it is sustainable for, for their offense to play clean football. Oh, you know? agreed. You know, Dak doesn't turn it over a lot. And if Zeke isn't fumbling like he did last year, like that is. He hasn't really fumbled at all. I don't think he has but, any fumbles. But you know what? Being a middle of the pack defense and having like a defense that forces turnovers, like you said, is the most important thing in football because their offense will always capitalize off those forced turnovers. And they did. And you know what? You don't even have to be a great defense, and they're not great; they're good. But when you force turnovers and you give the opportunity for field position to switch and your offense to capitalize with that elite offense, that matters. Mm-hmm. So, if they can even keep up, obviously not they can keep up the best, but if they can keep a decent turnover ratio like they've they, they've done so far, I mean that's massive, especially come playoff time. You think Jason Garrett's gonna get his revenge Sunday? I hope so. Uh, uh, offensive coordinator Jason Garrett. That would he, he devised a pretty a good plan team. last time. We beat the town, we beat Dallas last time in our house last last year. Week seven, yeah, week 16 in Dallas. Yeah, but that was the last time the Giants scored 30 was in Dallas last year. They scored yeah, 34. We scored 30 and Andrew points. Thomas had the yeah. Andrew Thomas and, had the two good game. conversion catch. Oh, that was the that was the game. Yeah, that, that was funny. I think Evan Ingram had a rushing touchdown. That was that was quite the game. So hopefully, yeah, we Jason like Garrett was week. pulling all the tricks up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully, we have something fun like that next week. Um, right. Let's move on to basketball now. Knicks oh. versus Hawks. Who's better? Uh, we all know what happened in the playoffs last year. The Knicks, they got they got dunked on to say the least. Um, but the Knicks got better this offseason. They had a lot of shot creating with Kemba and uh, Evan Fournier, and the Hawks really didn't do much. They just kind of stayed put, which is okay because they're young. But in a very competitive Eastern Conference, that might kind of hurt their standing a little bit. So Vegas has the uh, win totals over under for the Hawks at 46 and a half. And they have it for the Knicks at 41 and a half. So Vegas thinks the Hawks have a slight edge here. What do you guys think? Look, if a rematch happens in the playoffs, I would take the Knicks. I would take the Knicks because if Mitchell Robinson's healthy this year, that rim protection that we did not have last season, which, you know, cost us with the floater. And for that pick Capella, and Clint Capella really was the main difference in that series, you know, versus last year. If Midge is healthy, we have shot creation now with Kemba and Evan Fournier being added to the team. I like our chances a lot more because Julius Randle had a lot of pressure last season, you know, with limited shot creators, a young RJ Barrett first time in the playoffs, he'll get better. You, You have to think at least, but to be fair, the Hawks could get better as well. You know, they're young guys, but you know, Julius Randle now having Derek Rose, uh, not, and we'll, not, we'll, we'll exclude R.J. Barrett. We'll exclude R.J. Barrett. But Derrick Rose, Kemba Walker, and Evan Fournier as three shot creators that we know will be reliable in the playoffs. And maybe R.J., if he can, you know, have a 30-year leap, then this Knicks team with the defense they had last year, it's going to be tough to beat. I think the Knicks would win in a series. It would be close, though. Yeah, well, Derrick Rose was the Knicks' best player last year in the offseason. So like you said, he's proven already. Then you add Kemba Walker, who's probably being one of the most disrespected players around the NBA now. Absolutely. He's being tossed around like a girl at a frat party. And then we have Evan Fournier, obviously. 
who is yeah. just an absolute sniper from three point range. And I can't, I'm like so happy that we added somebody that can consistently knock down shots and can actually score too. He was really impressive in the Olympics for France. So, I mean, and like you said, Mitchell Robinson in the pick and roll, that's the biggest thing because he his the length that he has and being able to protect the rim, he's quick too on his feet, can stay out on the perimeter and switch on to you know other players. That is massive. So listen, Nick's over 41 and a half wins. I think that's a lock. And uh listen, Atlanta, I get it. You know, you have a lot of young guys, you're obviously expecting to take jumps and develop, but with the Eastern Conference and everybody else adding so much talent, you know. Proven talent, too. Proven talent, exactly, too. You know, that's the biggest thing. I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, if we do meet them in the playoffs again, I got to say that the Knicks are going to take this series. Regardless of me being a Knicks fan or not, I'm picking them regardless. But I think a big thing here is that, um, you know, with I think Kemba Walker is going to end up starting at point guard, and I think that's big for Derrick Rose. I think he's better suited off the bench, and the Knicks are also Mm -hmm. relying on him too much in the playoffs. He's not a guy who can be playing 38 minutes and he can't be taking every shot like he was. So I think this just benefits everybody. I think Kemba Walker will play well in a limited role. Derek Rose, you know, nobody will be relied on too much. And Randall, same thing. He won't be relied on to carry them and then ultimately fail to meet expectations. And yeah, but at the end of the day, the big thing for the Knicks is RJ Barrett needs to continue to develop into a star because he's on the trajectory right now, you know, 17 points in his second year. So we'll see if he can get better. I think he will. Mm-hmm. Well, RJ has been the one guy in that class. He's like slowly been developing, but like since John Zion have been so good and like kind of the only great players or some of the only great players on their team, they're not rushing Barrett. And, you know, honestly, his numbers might not improve from last year because we added all these guys, but being able to be consistent this year and this year's playoffs, I think is the biggest thing. And like the kid is so talented and so disrespected. He's like, got to add a right hand though. He's got to. Like he, I think they're working on that this offseason, you know, Chris. I'm uh, sure they're working on plenty trainer. of things. He's still young. He's still only 20 years old. He's got time. Yeah, last year he worked on the corner three ball, and, you know, that, that improved drastically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hopefully we can get something like that again this year with the, the right hand. But, I mean, it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's move on to the Golden State Warriors, who also, you know, added some young talent this year in the draft, I think. I mean, with Moses Moody and, and, and Jonathan Kuminga. But, you know – Listen, they get Clay Thompson back. They get Wiggins, who is now vaccinated, so he's going to be available for every game this year. Vegas has the Warriors right now as over under 47 and a half wins, projected fourth in the Western Conference. So where do you guys see the Warriors ending up? Because I think if, you know, Steph's healthy and, you know, the way that Draymond played towards the latter end of last season, now with the depth that this team has, with the guys that they drafted, you know, Wiseman's only going to improve. Clay Thompson comes back into the mix. And, you know, Curry really almost played his best regular season season you know, going back to his MVP day, you know, last year he was incredible. So I think 47 and a half is realistic for the Warriors. I think they're going to be a good regular season team. I think this is one of the most underrated teams in basketball at this point right now, because so many people have been disrespecting Clay Thompson because he hasn't been out there for two years. Yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. Who in the Western Conference is better than the Warriors? Not names the Lakers. I can't name anybody. The Nuggets. I knew you were going to say the Nuggets. No, and I, don't oh, so. I just disagree so much. What wow. Dude, the Warriors have so much depth and they have, you know, that they're a better defensive team. And like, it's not like they don't have star power. They have Steph Curry, one of the greatest stars in the league. This is a team. Look at their starting lineup. Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond Green, Wiseman off the bench. You have the two young, young rookies. You got Jordan Poole. You know, you have um, uh, Juan Toscano Anderson. They just have so many. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson. Come on. He's a valuable role player. Okay. Okay. That's something the Nuggets really lack is depth. Um, They do lack depth. And Jamal Murray's not going to be playing for at least a little bit of the season. Clay and Thompson's I think not going to be playing until December as well. They're both going to be out until December, Clay Thompson. Well, yeah, but I, but at the same time, I just think the, the Warriors are better defensively by a lot. The Warriors have better shot like takers, shot makers, you know, with Wiggins and Curry. Um, and, and they just have more experience, too. They've been there before. I don't see how the Nuggets – I think the Warriors would beat this team in a seven-game series. But the Warriors were the eight-seed lap guys. The Warriors were the nine-seed last year with all of this – other than Clay Thompson and like the two rookies who won't add much. Like they were the night, the Denver was as a proven top three seed when they have, they're all healthy with Jamal. But they Wigan, were 8 know with Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, Nicole Yoke, Nicole Yoke, Wig- Will Bart, all those guys. They were 8 Wiggins was Wiggins hurt. was inconsistent and the Warriors really turned it on, you know, towards the latter end of the season. And that's why I think. And really Wiggins will be inconsistent def- again this year. He's the definition. I think of the Warriors are going to pick up where they left off the last year towards the latter end of the season. They, like I they said, Draymond, better, yeah. Draymond got much better. 
And, you know, Steph was not missing shots. That's why I think they're going to pick up more off this year. And I don't know. There, there gives me no reason to believe why the Warriors wouldn't beat the Nuggets in a seven-game series simply because of Draymond Green's defense, first of all, and Nikola Jokic. I think that would be massive in that series. And I don't think Michael Porter Jr. is ready to take that next step and be able to take over a playoff I game. think MPJ is. I, I think MPJ is going to have that year three leap, and he's going to be that guy. And I don't Denver, know. I think you're underrating how, Denver, how much but, it takes to be that guy to really take over a playoff series. But – Guys, Denver's big three. I know you guys like really don't like it, especially Nick. I, I know Nick doesn't like it at all. Not at all. But Jamal Murray, I mean, he averaged, what, 27 in the bubble. Nicole Yoke's MVP. MPJ. But Murray was struggling take last that year leap. before he got hurt. T- tell me what the Warriors' big three number, has accomplished. He wasn't three struggling. NBA champion? He his wasn't struggling, but he's, he, from the bubble, they were down. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, but you expected him to keep up that down. I guess, yeah. I mean, the Warriors' big three yeah. has won championships, Defensive Player of the Year awards. That MVP. was five years ago, Graf. And KD was, you know, he did a lot for those you know, Curry two played, championships. Curry, like Curry's numbers last year were incredible. If they were a five seed or even a six seed, he was winning MVP. He played up to an MVP level. Are we and sure Draymond Clay Thompson was much is, better down the stretch. He was good in the Olympics for the United States. They added the guys in the draft. Clay Thompson comes back into the mix. Sure, I don't think they'll be better in the regular season, but come playoff time, well, I yeah, think they also they, have vets like Otto Porter and Iggy now just to give them some minutes, bring them some. Oh, yeah, you Bradley know what I saw too. on Twitter? You know what I saw on Twitter from the Warriors on NBC Twitter account? They tweeted out that Otto Porter, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson are the best trio of deep ball shooters they've had in franchise history. So it was like a complete disacade. Well, that's ridiculous, but Otto Porter is a really good three point shooter. I like Otto Porter, but he's not Kevin Durant, unfortunately. And but, he's a really good yeah. defender, too. Yeah, he was just overpaid. I mean, the, he was just overpaid. The big question with him is his, his health and like ability to be on the court. But when he's on there, he's as good of a three and D guy as you can get. Yeah, true. I mean, other than the Nuggets, though, they're on par, I, I guess. But other than Denver and the Lakers, I really don't see any team yeah, right because really the Clippers better. are going to do without Kawhi. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. But maybe the Suns and Jazz, well though. But if, Suns and I Jazz, think the guys, Suns and Jazz. Were we thinking? Um, I think the Warriors are in that same sort of. Same tier. I, I think the Suns, Suns are due for regression, and the Jazz, like, uh, I just don't know how I feel about them. The Jazz are going to be solid. They, they, I mean, they added a solid, solid regular season. Team. I just think at the end of the day, like, I'm talking big picture here. I'm talking playoffs, and I want Steph Curry on my team come a seven game series over like Donovan Mitchell or Jamal Murray. Well, that's what, the only team that I think they can't be is the Lakers in the playoffs. Yeah. I think the Lakers are the overwhelming favorite coming out of the West. And I think the only teams that can really touch them are Milwaukee and the Nets. Yeah, but Kawhi might be back for the playoffs because he said he signed the contract, the five-year deal, so he could potentially play in the playoffs. So then he dude, has long-term do we take financial security. Seriously, though, like I just, I do. If I Kawhi's on her last year, they beat the Suns in five games. Sure, but like the, he did get hurt, and at the end of the day, like this is a Clippers team that underperformed two years ago. And if Kawhi even does come back, how, would he be full strength? Would he be? I don't know. Kawhi? Yeah, that's true right into the playoffs. I mean, that's asking a lot. And this is also a Lakers team that is way better than they were two years ago. I think they're way better than the Clippers are this year. I, I don't think. Oh, the, the Lakers would beat the Clippers, but the Clippers could still be better than the Warriors. I think like they'll be on. They, they could be if, better. If than Kawhi the was healthy, they'd be on par, but yeah. we don't know what we're going to get out of Kawhi this season. And I, also I think the Suns are the worst team though, out of those four guys, like the Jazz, the Warriors, Clippers, the Suns are, they're going to be a, a six seed, fifth seed. I think the Suns are. They're due not for that regression. good. The Suns are due for major regression. Well, mm-hmm. why are they're they due be... for major regression? Because Chris Paul's because getting they older. Had... And like, let's be let's be honest. Like, I hate to throw around the phrase Mickey Mouse, but like, did you see their playoff run last year? I I understand the playoff. Yes, but <laughs> and like, they were shooting at a lights out level too. Like, they you don't they... think guys like DeAndre Ayton, like you don't think Ayton's someone that's ready to take that next step because he was next step for what we, we see what his game is. He's a pick and roller. He's a product of Chris Paul. Yeah, I don't think he. Can I, really I agree take with that. that. I guess, but Bridges, same thing. Bridges is a great role player, but that's all he is is a role player. Booker's a star, <laughs> sure. Booker's a superstar, but like. You know, and these, they were like, one of the healthiest teams in the league last year. The Suns, like the Chris Paul missed one game. Chris Paul missed one game in the regular season all year long, and Devin Booker missed like two. So, like that, that that's not going to happen again. I mean, it how many superstars isn't. missed the playoffs last year? Just against the Suns alone, LeBron and AD were hurt. Murray was hurt. Then Murray was, was hurt. hurt, and Will Barton for the Nuggets, who's our fourth best player too. Mm-hmm. And then right. you and know they, they ran into a relatively healthy Bucks squad, and they lost. At least they won two games, though. I guess, right? <laughs> At least they won two games. I guess. the Bucks. Who was better than Bucks? But but once again, the Bucks were really only there because the Nets were hurt. A healthy Nets team would yeah, have obliterated the Suns, ripped them to shreds. I hear you. 
All right, let's move on to a mailbag Monday, bringing it back the name, I guess, or whatever. It's just basically where we, we, we answer five questions every single week. Um, the first one we got is from our man, Cool Aid Man, um, who has, are you guys brothers or friends? Um, I think we answered five. this last week, right? So we'll skip this one, but me and uh, Frank below are cousins and then friends, uh, Nick, me, Nick, and then Frank, Nick. And then yes. we childhood got, friends. I've known him since I was, what, five? yeah something crazy had, like that yeah <laughs> so then this is a good one well i mean we'll get to that later actually we'll skip that one let's get to a sports question next up we got um is dan campbell set up for failure or is it the lot or is it his fault for the lions owen for start from our man johnny johnny J. I was oh. really high on the lions even though they were zero and three up until this week versus the bears they really disappointed me i thought the first three weeks they played really well and i actually gave a lot of credit to dan campbell but this last week man especially their red zone offense. They had three possessions inside the five and came in with zero points. They don't, they don't, some execute. of that's got to be on coaching. They don't execute in the red zone. They, they don't score points. And then mm-hmm. they come back at the end of games. Ben and I were talking about this. They come back at the end of games and everyone's like, oh, they fought really hard. Like, congrats. You guys came back when the game didn't matter anymore. You got to execute. This was a winnable game for them on Sunday against the Bears. And yeah, this Bears you know, some, game really hurt my perception of uh, Campbell for now at it, least. They play hard, like you said, and Campbell's solid, but like you got to execute at the end of the day. When it comes down to it, you got to execute to win football games, and, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. So that's on coaching. Yeah. All right. We got our man Charlie NG who asked, Will the 49ers make the playoffs this season? I think yes, but it's tough. It's going to be tough. They're the worst team in their division. Seattle. Oh. I think and they're better than Seattle. I think Seattle. I think Seattle just. Seattle. But they, Seattle Trey Lance was in the game. Trey Lance. So they win that game with Jimmy G. And oh, I did. They were weren't they winning with Jimmy G? They were winning the game, and then they I got. Think it was close. I think it was, it was like close. Tied or something. Probably tied. Probably tied. I, I do think Seattle and San Francisco though were what 10, 11 win teams at best. I think the Rams and the Cardinals have clearly put themselves ahead of They've the pack. Separated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what the problem is in the NFC? Like what other team? Like maybe Carolina, but the Vikings have been unimpressive so far, one and three. So like, who's going to take that wild card spot from both of them? Ooh. Yeah, that's a good point. And the whole NFC East fell off, mm-hmm. you know. So who, about the Giants? Take it, the Giants. I'm out. <laughs> I mean, I they're wish. one and three, so it's gonna be <laughs> tough. Now nah, we'll win the NFC East. We'll beat Dallas on Sunday, and we'll beat them oh, again in like week fifteen. All right, we got. Uh, you know, here's a good one. We'll get to this. Um, we'll get to this one. Then a football question. Then back to one more non-football question. Um, we got it from our man. I, I just lost a question from Brandon Ayuk. So Brandon Ayuk actually commented <laughs> on our video, man. That's awesome. Brandon Ayuk wants to know, I mean, you've been disappearing in, the, in these, you know, games, but he wants to know chicken strips or nuggets? Strip. Chicken strips. Who is nuggets? And they're probably like, and, all like. Yeah, oh. this is coming from a chicken tender expert like myself. It's the strips <laughs> over the nuggets any day of the week. The nuggets are like fake, like chicken too. They're not even like real chicken most yeah, times. They're, and they're so greasy. Quality. They're so oh, greasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an easy one. Trips. All right, we got um, here's a good one from our man, the Gabriel and Gabriel show. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming two Gabriels asked this. Um, and he said, Do you think Mac Jones is gonna be a future star? I mean, I don't know, it's too early, right? Too early, I would star say. Is I don't, tough. Is Kirk Cousins a star? And he doesn't look that he yeah, doesn't look I, that's that what, impressive. He that's looks what like I was gonna say. Game I think he's like status. a Kirk Cousins. Joe, I think Matt Ryan. Yeah, maybe a Matt Ryan. I think that's be- that'd quarterbacks be a better are, Kirk Cousins. Quarterbacks are shifting towards the mobile, so I don't know it's, how good he's he, going to be. And, he, and he's not. So yeah, he's, he's not. Got to exactly. keep a good offensive line in front of him. You know, they don't have that game breaker like weapon for him. And it, you know what, his arm talent just isn't that great. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. I would say it's okay, but yeah, like like well, you said, yeah, they're limited name for a reason. But he's you know? limited compared to. These other okay. quarterbacks with mobility yeah. and being able to run, be able to extend That's the play. Thing, look, at, look at Herbert or Kyler Murray. Their arm talent is just ridiculous. I really think you need to be both mobile and have a good arm to be like successful now in the NFL. Like he I could agree. be average maybe, but I don't know about like being an elite quarterback one day. Like, or and, a star and who's the one excuse? The it's Brady. Brady. And exactly. I mean, like Brady's just. Yeah. He's human. Brady. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. All right, I mean, so look at every young quarterback now. Even even Lawrence can really move. People think of him as a pocket passer, but he has some pretty solid. Yeah, he can move. Same with Wilson. Same with Wilson. Same thing. Same even with Darnold showed mobility this year too. Like hey, he's got five rushing touchdowns. Like exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got our man Chaim Rudolph who asked top five burger fast foods. So we'll just say 
what's your favorite burger fast food place from my man Chame Rudolph? None is that an option? Fast say, food um, burgers yeah. are awful. Oh, Shake, Shake Shack's Shack, so yeah. bad. It's so greasy. Shake Shack. And that place sucks. Yeah. It's all greasy. I can't wait but to get Shake Shack is terrible. You said what a burger? Oh, you can't you can't get a burger from a fast food place. You get chicken. You get like chicken nuggets or like you get like something like any, anything chicken. You don't get a burger. But you got to sit down at a restaurant at like a nice pub or something. Just a nice or restaurant. Just make and get a burger. A burger. It's so easy. You know, oh yeah, or make a burger. That's one of the easiest meals to prepare. But um, I would say you know I guess Shake Shack is the best, but like they're not. I don't know. I guess right. Yeah, I, I guess I would give it a Shake Shack. I just don't. I don't. I don't eat out to like at burger places like fast food burger places ever i just i just find it unappealing personally okay and our last question um we'll just throw one more question i think we've already like surpassed five but um from my man eli kramer are the jags going oh in 17 no no it's impossible i don't think so they'll they'll win something that's won two games last year they they Improved this past week against the Bengals. They really shot themselves in the foot when they didn't get that one that, yeah, uh, that touchdown goal, on fourth yeah. and goal to make it twenty-one nothing. But they they were much improved. You're going to win one game. It's just, yeah, it's they're definitely far from like they got they got from two like shots a, versus a the Colts. Team. They got another shot versus the Texans. You know they, they played play the, the Jets too. Oh, they, they play the Texans at home. They play mm-hmm. the Texans at home. Now they're going to win that. It, game. They have five winnable games on their schedule, and it's just impossible to go zero and seventeen. You even saw with a team like the Jets last year; they were horrible, and then they just turn around and beat the Rams. It's like just impossible to go winless in this league. We saw how it almost seemed like the Browns tried to go zero and sixteen a few years ago. Like they legitimately like put an effort to make well, sure they, they beat the chart. They beat the Chargers like the year before. They were about to go zero and sixteen two years in a row, mm-hmm. but they beat the Chargers and go one and fifteen the year before that. I mean, that's you, Jackson, for you. I mean, you, Jackson, yeah, one in 31 as a coach. Two years, that's what? terrible. I, I kind of feel like part of it's his fault, but, like, the roster was just so bad. Um, well, I think a huge part of it's his fault. He was bad everywhere. Yeah. He was bad as the Raiders head coach, too. I yeah, he Hugh was. Jackson's a bad coach. I mean, he went, the all, he went on Brandon Marshall's podcast, I Am An Athlete. That's a good podcast, by the way. But, um... I think he was like he was making a bunch of excuses up. I was like, "Come on, man! Like, mm-hmm. you're making so much excuses up. Like, making... It was your fault." Oh God! Like, cause he was saying how like Baker, he was like making fun of Baker Mayfield, how like Baker's like not a franchise guy. He was just like saying all this. He started you know, Tyron Taylor stuff. over Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I mean, you have to listen. It was like a couple of months ago when he made the interview. It, there was like, a couple of clips that went viral from on ESPN and Sports Center that I saw too. But um, that's gonna be it for the Sneaky Sports Podcast season three. Episode number 75 on this Monday, October 4th, 2021. Uh, before we sign off on here, just want to make sure to let you guys know to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Hitting a five-star review for your boys would mean a lot. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button or drop a like on the video. Do both, you know, if you're feeling generous. But I mean, you could be subscribed already, which would be your go-to for that if you already are subscribed. And then... um. Yeah, I mean, follow our socials, you know, um, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. And lastly, we host pools on overtime every night now. We're going to host pools every night on overtime. So if you guys want to stop by and, you know, join one of them, you know, why not? Feel free to do it. Um, we'll have it pinned, you know, on this YouTube video in the description. We'll also have it, um, you know, there's a lot of places to find it in the Beacons link. But mainly the fastest way to find it is in the description of this video. The overtime thing is there. So um, that's going to be it for us. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace, fellas.